I was informed today at about two o'clock that uh, by my stylist that uh, y'all may know her name Dash uh, that my outfit is a big deal for tonight and I'm sorry I let y'all down really uh, I tried to get Cody's bunny suit but it's, he wears it a lot it's at the cleaners so uh, that's it but uh, uh, anytime Josh goes out of town is a big deal like who's gonna preach who's gonna preach and so uh, the elders we meet uh, the first and uh, third Wednesday of the month. And, uh, you know, our, our, our fearless leader, Josh, is in Mexico. Meg's in Mexico, our most saved and most easy on the eyes. Elder Matt is also out of town. Uh, <laughs> uh, y'all know there's some guys out there right now. She's like, that's a good-looking guy. He really is. Uh, but, uh, and so then it was John not too long ago, and it was Jake. And so uh, when Josh brought it up in the meeting, everybody was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. But I knew, they were, I knew what they were thinking. And so the, the next day, I mean, it was like 8.15 in the morning. They wasted no time. I got an email from both of them. Like, hey, yeah, we think you should do it. And uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, it's probably my turn anyway. So, um, so I started thinking, like, oh, what am I going to talk about? I have no idea. And I'm glad that the crowd's kind of small. I figured when everyone heard I was preaching, we'd have to move this thing to the Superdome. But uh, I guess uh, that just wouldn't work. Uh, it's a long ways away. I, you know, a pastor will normally be in a series or he's got, like, this vault house where they can steal old sermons that I don't have, uh, that I'm not privy to. So I started thinking, man, I just, I don't know, what am I going to pray about? It's, it's Easter, so it's kind of written for you. Uh, don't, I don't have to really reinvent the wheel. And so I started preparing, and I had, like, my dress rehearsals in front of the mirror, and uh, y'all know y'all do that when you got to get up and speak? No, I didn't do it, but I thought about it, and I was like, all right, I need half an hour. I, half an hour is all I need. But y'all know how it is. You get up there. And on your stopwatch, you're like 30, 28 minutes and 45 seconds. And you know, like in school, you're like, oh, the professor's got to give it to me. That's close enough. But then you get up there, and, and you're almost completely done with it. And you're like, seven minutes? What? <laughs> so I, I am a complete rookie. I have no idea where this is going. All I can tell you is that the Yankees and the Red Sox are opening tonight. And I want to watch that game. So, uh, and, and, and by the way, Jesus did rise from the grave on this day. We celebrate that. So, uh, uh I have no idea how long this is going to take. I know what I've prepared for. I know uh, what I, what, about how long it's going to take. I've got a couple topics I want to uh, talk about, and I'm, I'm going to watch the clock and kind of gauge it. If the first one takes too long, we're just going to call it a night, and uh, I, you know, maybe hit the other one up some other time. The other one's very short, so there's, there's, uh, it shouldn't take very long. But uh, what I wanted to talk about tonight, it being Easter, is, is of course it's the death and the resurrection of Christ. A lot of times, uh, I think that we lose sight of, of Jesus being an actual man and, and what that entails. And in fact, you know, he had a mother, he had a father, he had emotions. We know he got angry from the temple. Uh, he had likes and dislikes. Uh, much like us, he had a group of people that he always wanted to hang out with. And even within that group, he had an inner circle, which I think we can all relate to, you know. And uh, I think a lot of times we, we forget just how human he was and uh, I think it's a huge, huge aspect of Easter that, that we need to maybe uh, just focus on for a few minutes, that, that individual man 
came came to life, came to the earth, gave his life, uh, and rose again. And uh, that two topics I, I want to talk about. Uh, But anyway, uh, I, I'm going to let the time kind of dictate. But what I, what I do want to look at is how this, this man came down and these two foreign concepts happened, that, that he actually died for people and then he rose from the grave. And, uh, and I'm, I'm going to talk about how he, it, was a, it was an absolute life given and then the resurrection happened and, and the doubt that's associated with that. And I know that doubt is kind of taboo to talk about it at times, but it's real. Uh, I think we shouldn't be scared to talk about it. And uh, So we're going to look into, uh, we're going to kind of go reverse order. I'm going to start with doubt first. And so I'm sure he woke up this morning like, I really hope my pastor talks about doubting the resurrection of Christ on Easter morning. But I'm not your pastor, so there you go. I'm just one of them. Uh, anyway, uh, of course you have to think about the resurrection when, when Easter comes around. And if I'm going to be totally honest with y'all, it's something that that I have doubted, and, and it will continue to, to cause me problems from time to time. Uh, just to think about the resurrection of a man who, who we know he walked, we know he, we, he talked, uh, he laughed, I'm sure he, he, I'm sure he had all kind of hobbies, uh, that, that he died and then that he rose again. That is, that is hard, hard, hard for, for me to, uh, to, 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 to take that very flippantly. I can't just take someone that comes up to me and say, hey, did you know Jesus, he, he died for your sins and rose in the grave, I'm not one to see all the time. That's awesome. I'm telling you, I'm heaven. You know, uh, I'm often peppered with doubt, and, uh, it, and it's the, on a lot of different spiritual things. But the resurrection is nothing, nothing different there. And uh, you know, had Jesus been a ghost or an, an angel of some sort, the resurrection thing would not be so so hard to swallow. But it, it really, uh, like we said, the focus is that this is an actual man. Just, just like someone sitting next to you tonight, uh, you know, flesh and blood. So uh, before y'all go, uh, think, oh, we've got to impeach this elder for lack of faith, uh, uh, which you can't do. We wrote it out of the Constitution. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to talk about uh, doubt and, and even how the disciples doubt it. So that's what, that's what we're going to look at to start with. Uh, I didn't put any uh, scripture up on the... Uh, Screen. Uh, I'm going to talk about several, but they're all ones we're familiar with. And I just, rather than have y'all flipping through, we're looking at the screen. Just, just listen, because it's none of these verses are going to be new to y'all, and they all surround uh, the, the the Easter Easter morning. So, uh, and we'll go Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We'll go in order. But uh, if you if you read the Gospels carefully, uh, you'll notice that all four of them have differences that surround uh, the Easter. They differ in, in the number of uh, Marys that showed up. They differ in the number of people or angels that were there. Uh, they even differ if it was light or dark. Uh, John actually says it was complete darkness when Mary came to the tomb. But uh, all four of the Gospels uh, mention doubt and the disciples' doubt. And uh, we're going to look into that. Uh, like I said, we'll start in Matthew. And the cotton mouth has said Uh, let's look at Matthew 28. Um, here Jesus had already uh, appeared to the disciples at least one time that we know. And he had instructed them to, to meet him on a mountain in Galilee. Uh, and in uh, 
verse 16, and said, which they did. They went to the Mount of Galilee. In verse 16 through 17, it reads like this. Uh, now the 11 disciples, and remember Judas has, has committed suicide at this point. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Uh, I'm pretty big on uh, looking at the, the actual Greek meaning of the words. So I've done that on some of these words. Uh, it, I... Uh, date myself a little bit. I got this uh, strong concordance and Bible dictionary from the old Sunshine Christian Armory. Uh, I had it for a while, so uh, I, don't, I think the words don't mean the same thing, though, so we're good. Um, but here the word doubt in, in, this, in this part of Matthew means to waver or uncertainty in which to take, okay? And that's just, uh, if you're taking notes there, that's, 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 that'd be the first point. Uh, in Mark 16, 11, uh, the th- three women had already been to the tomb. I looked at two Marys and I, and I when the Marys reported to the disciples what they had seen at the tomb, the updated American Standard Version states that the disciples refused to believe. Uh, and and to, to me, that makes it sound like that they were choosing to, to not believe this, regardless of what actually happened. Um, the English Standard Version states that, but when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they, they would not believe it. Uh, in, in the Greek here, that this word actually means uh, disbelieve, but it's actually tied in with the notion of, of completely rejecting the belief, okay? Uh, in Luke 24, 11, this is almost the same story word for word we get from Mark, and uh, Luke says that they would not believe them, them being uh, Mary's, they came and told them. But again, uh, Mark seems to put the responsibility of the, on the disciples here for not believing, and it's, uh, like I said, the, the Greek is the same meaning as it was in, in Mark, but Luke also points out that the disciples thought that the story was, was complete nonsense, okay? So, so this is hard for them to take to. This is, this is not something that they were just like, oh, yeah, this didn't happen in Jewish culture very much. You know, no one else rose from the dead. So it wasn't like just something that they, uh, that they easily accepted. This was something that they had to work through. So uh, then we get to John, which uh, it's definitely my most favorite book in the Bible. Uh, you know, if you've never read it, I, I wouldn't be upset if you just kind of tapped out the rest of the night and read it while I was talking. Um, it probably can say it a little better than I can. Uh-huh. But uh, if you have read it, I just encourage you to, to read it again. But um, this is where we get the famous story of Thomas. And we all know Thomas as the doubter, doubting Thomas, you know. But uh, I'm going to stick up for Thomas a little bit, a fellow, fellow doubter here for uh, a minute. And if you ever get the time to read it, it's John 11. And it's, uh, it's the story of Lazarus being late, raised from the dead. And uh, Jesus and the disciples had just been in Judea. And the Pharisees were trying to catch him and, and stone him and kill him. And they were able to withdraw. And they, they went off, the Bible says they went off beyond the Jordan where uh, John the Baptist was baptizing. And so they were in, kind of in retreat mode. And uh, they found out Lazarus had died. And um, Jesus uh, said, well, we're going we're gonna to go. And the disciples were like, ho, 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 Jesus. We know you're God and all, but you, you think it's cool? Is it safe for you to go? And uh, he's like, you know what, just for that, I'm going to wait two days and, 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 and just be glad that y'all were able to see this. Be glad I'm taking y'all to see I'm paraphrasing, right? Um, and then uh, two days later, Jesus said, let us go. And uh, the disciples were just like, what? And Thomas stood up and said, uh, um, he said, let us go and die with him. And so Thomas had this uh, unwavering commitment to the point of, of a physical death where he was going to go with Jesus and, and lead the disciples with Jesus into death, uh, all, all, for, all for the sake of Jesus. So 
Um, yeah, he's, he's the doubting Thomas, but, but man, that, that's a pretty strong, strong thing that he did right there. Um, I would uh, just want to point out, like, that's not, his faith is not weak from that. And I would like to think that, that I would be the same way. You know, I doubt like Thomas, but I just don't know if I'm to the point in my life yet where I'm cool with, you know, the spiritual death of me and denying myself and all the sacrifice. But when it really comes to, let me lead the charge. Let me lead the charge to go physically die and end my life for Jesus. I, I just, I'd love to be there. I just don't know if I am, you know. And uh, I, so, like I said, just trying to get my boy Thomas's back a little bit there. That uh, he may be known for doubting, but he also had a tremendous commitment to Christ. Uh, so, so then we get to this uh, very famous story of, of doubting Thomas. And Jesus had already appeared to the, the ten other disciples. Again, Judas is dead. Tom, I don't know where Thomas was. Uh, apparently they were locked up in a room somewhere, and Jesus just kind of showed up and was like, hey, peace be with you, and uh, kind of freaked him out a little bit. Uh, I would like to have been there for that. Just like, hey, peace be with you. And, uh, but uh, Thomas wasn't there. And so the other disciples were like, hey, Thomas, we talked. Jesus is alive. He rose from the dead. And uh, this one we'll pick up. This is verses, uh, John 20, verses 20 through 27, 24 through 27, I'm sorry. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see, the hands, the marks of, see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand to his side, I will never believe. Uh, eight days later, uh, the disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Now, if we look at this word, uh, sorry, uh, look at this word believe here. Uh, is that mic still on? Did it go out? Did y'all hear that? All right, I'm sorry. It's, it's a rookie, rookie mistake. Um, John 20-25 uh, I mean sorry 20-25 when Thomas says the word believe it means the following in the Greek. it means to have faith to entrust to commit or be committed to put in trust with or a believer it means not just to believe but also to be persuaded of and hence to place confidence in to trust and signifies in the sense of the word reliance upon it's not mere credence. It is translated commit unto, commit to one's trust, or be committed unto. So this is, this is a big deal. This is, this is Thomas completely entrusting his life over to Christ. And he said, I can't do it until I see it. You know? Even though you know, I walk with him every day, until I see that, I just can't do it. So uh, uh, Thomas, uh, as we had seen, Thomas had already committed his life physically to God. He was ready to go. Uh, Thomas wanted to give his life to Christ and, and completely trust in him, but he just... Uh, he had a real hard time accepting that the same man that he had walked with, talked with, ate with, laughed with, um, not only was willing to give his life over for him, but also to, to, to come back to life, come back from the dead. Um, and what I want to point out from that story, when Jesus uh, appeared to them, uh, there was zero condemnation from Christ. It, he just stuck his hands out. There was no disapproval, no judgment. There was no disappointment. There was no panic. Uh, Jesus is not like, really, dude? Really, Thomas? All this time, you say I'm the son of God, and you believe that you're going to do this, then you're not going to believe I rose from the dead. No, he just said, here it is, man. He just, he just reached out with love. Like, we know Jesus would. He just said, don't be, don't be 
disbelieving, but believe, but entrust in me, and you can give your life over to me. Uh, and I just think that that's such a, for me, it's, it's like I read that, and I read Jesus' love right there, his lack of anger, uh, and I read about these disciples, I'm just kind of like, you know, uh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. And I know it's kind of something that people don't always want to talk about, but this doubt, it, it, it's real, you know. Uh, I can completely relate to, to the disciples and, and all, all, all the doubts that they went through, uh, but if I doubt, or if you doubt, you know, it's generally not just some mere shallow doubt where you're like, whatever, you know, and, and I just don't think that, uh, it's, it's not just a passing thought. Uh, but I do want to say beforehand that uh, if you doubt the resurrection of Christ, it doesn't make it untrue. Uh, it, it doesn't, any doubt I have does not change the facts, okay? It doesn't change the truth. Uh, it doesn't um, intimidate God. I don't think he's sitting up there, you know, like white room and beard and all, and like watching us directing traffic like people think he does. And he's like, OMG, Kyle's doubting again. I just don't, I just, uh, I just, I, my impersonation of the Lord there is probably not completely accurate. Uh, but I, I don't think he says OMG. Uh, but anyway, I, I just don't think that that God sees that. He's just not like, oh, Peter, Michael, what are we going to do? No, it's like, we got to fix this. There's no panic by God. God's not like, oh, I've got to do something about it. I've got to change history. It's just, uh, he doesn't freak out. He doesn't even really try to force, forcefully convince me. But, but the other thing he does not do is that he does not punish me. And, and all throughout the times of doubt, there's never been any kind of punishment because it's just, this doubt becomes such a, a challenge for me, and it, it really makes me root down and, and be sure that the, this, this rock that I stand on in Christ is solid, that it, and it doesn't waver. You know, uh, It's not just me to, to take some statement from someone uh, you know, down on Bourbon Street or Mardi Gras, a guy carrying a cross, be like, did you know Jesus died and rose for your sin? I'm like, yeah, that's great. I, I didn't know that. I totally believe it. And, and just be done with it. And nor is it me to, to read a track and see the little diagram and all and, and get it. And be like, that's it. I got it. Now, I know I got to give the disclaimer. I know for some people that totally works. And I'm not discrediting that at all. But for me, I've, I've got to, I've just got to dig deeper. I've, I've got to look into this. I've got to investigate this. Uh, it, it's not to say that. Any other way is the right or wrong way, just, just for me. And I really think that for some people out there tonight that that doubt is real and that it forces you to kind of examine yourself and, and look into to what it is you're believing and why you're believing. You know, uh, it actually becomes a, a struggle or a trial like anything else, you know. And I just don't know why we can't talk about it, and, you know, like why this, this fear and this doubt can't be turned into any other struggle that turns us closer to God, I, I look and you know, if we struggle with with body image issues, male or female, we can we can ask God to show us that we are we are wonderfully made. If uh, if we struggle with anxiety, we can ask Jesus to come in and and, and give us that peace and, and make our burden light. If we struggle, or if we're just tempted, as Josh talked about last week, we have that high priest who has been through that, who can relate and be there for us. And and I say the same thing that when we doubt, we can go to God and say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. That is scripture. That that's out of Mark nine, where where the the son was sick and the father asked Jesus to heal him, and he said, Do you believe? And he said, What the, the father actually said, If you can heal him, please do so. And Jesus was like, Yeah, yeah, if I can. 
And the guy just screams out, um, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And sure enough, that honesty is rewarded and the, the son is healed. And so uh, I, I just, I hope this makes sense, but for me, and I really think it's for other people out there because I've talked to people about this before, but I have to doubt in order to believe. I, I have to, 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 to root into it. I can't just take it with no explanation, with no, with no extra thought. I, if, if I do that, what have I really done? You know, I, if, I just, if I don't meditate it, and I don't, I, I'm certainly not going to give my life over to it. And it's not just going to be who I live my life for. If I don't really get down and know why and how I believe. And uh, it, it forces me to, to, to pray about it. It forces me to, to investigate things. It, 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 I have to ask questions. And, and I, don't, I don't ever see a, a question, a, a genuine question, punished by, by God. I, like we go back to Thomas. You just don't see, see that doubt question by God. You just, you just see God reaching out to him. And so uh, it, it just makes me just pray things like um, uh, Lord, like I said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Uh, Father, teach me the mysteries of your word. Paul in the New Testament all the time talks about the word of God being a mystery. Uh, Reveal to me your, your son and your Holy Spirit. And it makes me want to say, like in Philippians, Jesus, I want to know you and the power of your resurrection. Uh, none of these it's not a foreign concept to, to doubt the, the, the resurrection. Um, I want to be able to, to, to give people answers. You know, Peter tells us uh, that, that uh, when, uh, when we were questioned about our faith, we need to be able to give answers. And I think it's great that you're always prepared to give other people the answers of why you believe. But even more importantly, it, I have to be able to give myself the answers of, of why I believe and uh, you know, I, can, I cannot physically confirm the resurrection of Jesus, but um, just, just know, and I've been watching it all morning on, on the History Channel, so I know it's right. Um, there is zero evidence to disprove the resurrection. Anybody comes at you and says, prove the resurrection to me, the, the next question should be, well, you prove to me that it didn't happen. There's not one shred of evidence that says that Jesus Christ did not rise from the grave. But... But in here, in this body, however many people are in this, that's how much evidence there is of, of the resurrection, you know. And, um, and, and so that, that's how, you know, would answer is like, you know, I just can't, I can't look you straight in the eye and say that I've never doubted. I, I can't tell you that. I know you're, if someone questioned me and they're skeptic, I'd just be like, you know what, it's very, very hard for, for me to comprehend and to understand. But uh, what I can tell you is that uh, all through my life, uh, growing up, you know, you go you go to college, and you're and then there's it's like identity struggle out of, out of your ears of who I am and what this is, and all these struggles I would have, and and um, even coming through uh, playing baseball and, and, and essentially failing in that in that dream that I had, uh, it was just like God, you know, how is this true? Reading this word and being like that is not true. All the doubts, all the fears of being like God, you know, this is not how it's supposed to happen. I was not supposed to be the guy. That, that gets released and goes home in spring training. I'm not supposed to be the one who, um, you know, is falling behind. I've got to go back to school now. I'm 25 years old. I'm going to be a, a sophomore in college, you know. Uh, and why, why do my friends have all this money? I don't have, I don't have any of this money, God, you know. And, and don't even, God, I don't, I'm so mad at you because I'm always talking to my friends, and they're like, oh, God said this to me, or God told me this or revealed this to me. And you don't ever 
do that for me. This is, this is nonsense, as the, as the disciples said. This is, I refuse to believe it, as, as the, the New Testament looks like that they refuse to do. Uh, and, and it's just every time that happens, that, that resurrected Christ is right in my face. And, and refusing to punish me, but refusing to let me go. And uh, it, it, it's almost as if uh, I would say, I'd be like, I'm never reading this, this Bible again. Never. It's, it's gone. It's collecting dust. And the next morning, for some reason, I'm just praying to God. It's because that, that resurrected man is there, and, and he just refuses to, to, to let me go, and he refuses to let all of us go. And that's just part of that resurrection, uh, uh, believing in that. None of us in here have ever gone to, to the Middle East and, and examined these tombs and see if Jesus is there or not. But it's just the resurrection is just proven by our lives, you know. And so... Uh, it just, it, I hope, I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to discredit anything, but I just hope that people can relate to this, that this doubt, you know, is, is uh, it's real, but, but the resurrection is real too. It is real, as real as that doubt is, as soon as you turn that corner, there's the resurrected Christ just ready to open his arms and show you, show you those scars, you know. Oh, uh, and I just think that, that these real questions about Jesus are okay. This is, this is a man, like we said, that, that, that he came to earth and, he gave his life, and he rose again. And um, I wish that it, you know, we ever just get to the point where it's completely normal to say uh, those concepts are foreign and unnatural. I don't know anyone who's ever given his life for anyone else other than Jesus, talking about, like, just people I've known or even read. I don't know anyone who's ever been like, no, I'm going to do this for you. Uh, and I don't know anyone who's ever risen from the dead after that. And so... Uh, I think it's fine to, to, to acknowledge that, you know, and, and if you have those doubts, I would encourage you to talk to me or talk to someone about it because it's just so real that that a, a man would, uh, would would do that. And, uh, and I kind of want to transition that part into the next whole part I want to talk about, and that is uh, this man who, who gave his life, and this was a total life given. And uh, uh, another foreign concept to us, but we're going to look at... Uh, Leviticus 17.11, and I know when you woke up again, you're like, oh, I hope my pastor talks about uh, doubting the resurrection on Easter Sunday, and I really hope he talks about Leviticus, because that's very applicable. But uh, I'm going to read it to you real quick. Uh, this is Leviticus 17.11, and uh, it just reads it. For the, for the life, which is also the soul, for the life of the soul of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. Uh, and like I said, life or soul as it is, is in the blood. And Josh talked about this on last week. And I whispered to Ashley at one point, like, he's totally stealing my thunder. He's going to talk about my daughter. But uh, so selfish. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, sin, sin completely destroyed this life or this soul. And um, the only atonement for that, as we talked about last week, was, was the giving of blood. And atonement actually means to, to make amends for. And uh, when this blood comes, it washes away or it atones these sins and it makes us one with God. If uh, Romans 5.11 actually says that uh, atonement means that sinners are made at one with God. So in order, in order for, to be at one with God, this, this blood has to be given. And, and so, so enter Jesus, uh, this man who, uh, another aspect that I think is, 
known, but someone overlooked is that nothing was taken from Christ, that his life was completely given on that, that Friday when, uh, when he died. And, uh, you know, I, I like to tell people, like, hey, he didn't, God didn't come, or Jesus didn't come to earth to, to be your pilot or your co-pilot. I don't know which one he is, whatever bumper sticker it says. And then, uh, um, he's, not, he's not your boyfriend. Uh, he's not just an inspiration. He's not just, just a role model. Jesus is the absolute substitute, and um, this is the ultimate taking it for the team. I don't know if y'all grew up playing sports. I certainly did, or even this happens in the classroom where you've got, um, you've got one punk who messes up, and the whole team's got to run, or the whole class has to do something, and I can remember it in football, and it's always alignment. I don't know why. It's always alignment, but uh, they would jump early. And the coach would be like, all right, run whatever it was to the, to the scoreboard around the field. And we get back. And then like, it, the next play, he does it again. And the coach is like, all right, run. And so the whole team has to run. And, uh, I, um, but the exact opposite happened with Christ. And that while we, we were just all like we're just wretched sinners in, in the pit of depravity here, the, the one man comes and he does good. And... Uh, from that one man's good, we all get to reap that reward. And so uh, Romans 5.8 tells us that uh, we're not likely to find willing, one willing to die for a good, righteous man. But Christ, while still dominated by sin, or by, I'm sorry, while we were still dominated by sin, still lost with no hope, Christ gave his life for us. And uh, we're going to look at some examples, and I'm going to go uh, just kind of highlight some stuff. If I didn't put it up there, I'm going to read it kind of fast. All right, guys. Uh, Matthew uh, 26, 39, this is in the garden uh, the night before the, the crucifixion. Jesus had to know what was about to happen. And, uh, of course, he says, uh, not as I will, but you will. And that, that is just Jesus, uh, a life and given. Uh, Jesus in Matthew later says, if this, if this cannot pass unless I drink, your will be done. And once again, that's just a man of Jesus, his life given. In Matthew 27, 50, it says that he cried out in a loud voice and, and yielded up his spirit. And that, again, is Jesus. He's, he's given his life. That's the life given. In Mark uh, 14, 36, once again, yet not what I will, but you will. And in Luke uh, 23, 46, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And, uh, and in this passage, commit actually means to entrust or to give charge of, to totally give. Give, give over everything to entrust. And then we get to John, which once again, uh, the, the, the book that I love here, John 19.30, Jesus cries out, it is finished, uh, which actually means paid in full. And then it says he gave up his spirit. And, uh, at, at no point uh, was anything taken. It's just he yielded his spirit. He gave his spirit. He didn't fight the will of God. He gave over to it. Uh, and then, of course, we know on, on the cross uh, of um, Jesus screaming out, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And uh, that is uh, the first sentence of Psalm 22, uh, which was not called Psalm 22 in the day of Jesus. Uh, he, uh, and in Jewish culture, that entire psalm would have been committed to memory. And had he said that out loud like that, they would have recognized not just Psalm 22, not just my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, but the entire psalm. And uh, when you read that, Although the, the first part of it seems like such a, a defeat, that is actually a cry of victory. It is a psalm of victory. And it just signifies that, that, like he said, it is finished. 
It is paid in full. It is finished, and when you look at the Greek, that the way that is said is an accounting term almost, and it, it indeed means paid in full, and it is a victory. Uh, it, it means no more debt. It is over. It is finished. This life is given. Now, uh, in my job, I, I deal with uh, mortgages and debt a lot. Uh, I and do a lot of title work as an attorney, and when people come in and buy a house, as many of you have here recently, uh, I tell you, like, are you ready to sign your life away? Because you're signing a piece of paper that says, generally, in most conventional loans, for the next 30 years, I'm going to be indebted to this person. And then you sign what's called a promissory note that tells you how much you're going to be paid every, night, every, every month, okay? And so just to maybe put this in, in layman's terms for us in, in today's deal, uh, to say that it is finished, that it is paid in full. When, when that mortgage, it, what that does is that it creates an encumbrance on your house. When you don't make your payments, they take your house from you, okay? Um, but after you make that last payment, and you go on Dave Ramsey and you scream, I'm debt free. Uh, <laughs> got some Dave Ramsey fans up there. Um, the bank has to take that note and they have to stamp on it, paid. It's paid in full. It is done. The debt is completely forgiven. And another aspect, another way to look at that is that encumbrance is now, that house, whatever it is, is now is completely given over to you. The gift, it's almost like the gift has been given completely. You don't owe anyone. It is completely off your back. You are debt free. It is finished. It has been paid in full. And, and that, that's the part of Jesus that it just, it just, strikes me so much is that it is given, it is paid in full, it is finished, it is debt free, and it is, it is our lives, it is his life, I'm sorry, it is his life that has been given to us, and uh, it's, uh, it's just so, such a, when I, when I read that, and I remember the first time I heard that it means paid in full, I was like, whoa, it's, it's like, like one of those revelation type deals, I guess, you know, I just couldn't get over the the concept of that, of that, it's, it's completely yours. No more debt. And uh, guys, that's, uh, that's about it for me. I think we're doing pretty good on time. Uh, I hope that that uh, helps some, some people or related to people, but, and I hope I tied it in Easter pretty, pretty good. Uh, just uh, this doubt that is real this time uh, around believing in this resurrection and of course uh, how Jesus came and, and as an actual man who completely gave his life over to us. So uh, we're going we're gonna to pray, and uh, the band's going to come back up and play a few more songs, and then we're going to uh, say our blessing that we always say over everyone, and we're going to go hopefully uh, eat way too much for Easter again. So uh, y'all pray with me, please. Uh, Lord, I, uh, when I think uh, of, of saying thank you for your son, this. I just, I get a little overwhelmed that uh, <clears throat> the same word that I would say to my wife for, for bringing me coffee in the morning or for someone bringing me to work, give me a ride, it's thank you. And then I'm going to try to use that same word to, uh, to show my gratitude for, for this life that was given and risen for us, Lord. And, uh, so I don't really have the, the best word, Lord, but I just pray that you would know our hearts of, of how thankful and gracious we are, Father, for uh, the Son of Man who came down and, and gave that life over to us, Lord. I just pray that, that when we were faced with, with questions, Lord, that we, we 
we just hit them with a full head of steam. And we come with come to you with those, Lord. And I pray that you meet those people there like you met Thomas. That you would meet us all there, Lord. And you would say, hey, do not be disbelieving, but believe Lord. And just, uh, once again, Father, we're just so gracious for, for, for the life of Jesus that was given. And we just, uh, just pray all this in Jesus' name.